This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello. Welcome back to TVI. Carl Donnelly here. Julian Dean. Here with a husky voice. Yeah, he did. It went right up in the mic and went all husky. <laughs> um, welcome back. Uh, this is, I believe, episode ninety-eight. I think I said ninety-eight for last week's episode, and then it was actually ninety-seven. So I, so I just count down to our big episode. One hundred and two. One hundred and ten. That's the big one. <laughs> um, so anyway, this is a really fun episode. This we were joined by. Um, he's a newer comedian, David Eagle, and uh, he's very funny. Um, it was, he's yeah, a good we, guy, isn't he? He's a very good I've guy. Never, I've never met him before, though. I've never physically met him. I've just... Um, I was, just I emailed did, him. <laughs> I've just stalked him online. <laughs> I've watched some of his videos and stuff. He's very funny. Yeah, he's um, good. And yeah, we have a right old laugh, and uh, you'll, I think, will enjoy it. We should thank all our patrons who've signed up at patreon.com forward slash wertvi. For thank extra you for bits. the influx. Yeah, thanks nice, for the support, it? for being part of the community. Uh, we do extra little catch-up episodes, just the two of us on Patreon, um, and we do monthly get-togethers on Zoom with patrons. You don't have to come if you're a patron. It's not like it's not a rule. Actually, it's a requirement. It's just it's actually a quite a those nice who don't come just get named up. and shamed. <laughs> we read off the list. Um, so that's it. No other business. Kick back. Relax and enjoy us talking to David Eagle. Thank you. Hello, welcome back to TVI. Carl Donnelly here, and Julian Dean here. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Um, we're joined. I always ask the question in the wrong places. <laughs> um, we're joined um, as we near episode one hundred. We're getting there. Um, we're joined by um, guest David Eagle. Hello, David. Hello. I didn't know when to come in. At the st- you said we're recording the introduction, and listeners wouldn't have got this, but you did a big countdown: five, four, three, yeah, two, one. Did. Intro. I didn't <laughs> know if there was some that's, sort of bombastic. That's because you're in the magic. Oh, professionals, David. Um, and then you went five, four, three, two, one, and it was absolutely really dramatic. And then you went, "Hello." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I mean, uh, sometimes I think um, our intros aren't upbeat enough. I feel like we're a bit too relaxed. Yeah. Uh-oh. We're just like, all right, like we just woke up. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I have. I, do you know the, what? Normally, I mean, it's Sunday. The build morning. up to the intro was uh, was a lot more dramatic than the intro itself. Yes, but normally, what happens is when we do morning <laughs> records, Julian has just woken up, and because I've got a seven month old baby, I've been up since you know for about twelve hours. <laughs> um, but in today, I've had a weird one today. I had the weirdest night's sleep. I woke up. Um, we went to bed. I went to bed at um ten thirty p.m. last night. And uh, woke up at two. The baby was um, unsettled. Tried to settle her. Then I went. I couldn't get back to sleep from two in the morning. I was awake from two a.m. until six thirty this morning, just up for the chunk of the night. So I then went back to bed 
and I've only just got up. So for the first time ever, I, I've literally just rolled out of bed to do a podcast. So you know what's good if you wake up in the night? What I find carbs. Eat carbs. For some reason, they help you sleep. Really? I don't know why. Might just be me. Might just be emotionally comforting. <laughs> that's what, to that's me. what a bear would do. Just get up and eat, and then go back to sleep. Um, but anyway, David Eagle. Well, let's talk basket. us through. Talk us through your sleep pattern. <laughs> this is how. Let's start this today's episode. Uh, how do you sleep? Sleep well, mate. How do I sleep? How how, how do I sleep? Is everything that I should be uh, concerned about? Um, I don't. I, I, I'm very erratic with my sleep. Not erotic yeah. with my sleep, but very very erratic. <laughs> I just wank a lot. Very... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the wanking helps me get to sleep. I like. That and the bread. Uh, <laughs> that and clumps, wanking, mate. wanking with one hand, eating eating a bowl of pasta with the other, and, and that tends to do the trick. Get some good uh, zeds, mate. I struggle. Well, I, I, yeah, because it's off a bit of spaghetti I'm eating. Um, but uh, it, it's one of the knockoff ones. I just get the Z. It's great. It's great if you want to play the, uh, the spaghetti uh, scramble game. But um, it's it's really I just can't sleep at all. I, I struggle um, to get to sleep uh, just because I think it's the adrenaline from doing gigs. I don't know if you find this, but when when we were able to do gigs, you know, you uh, you get your adrenaline build up from about let's say eight o'clock, and then it yeah. takes yeah. ages for that to wear off. So I just sort of struggle to get to sleep till about two or three o'clock normally is that um how long have you been in, you, you're, so you're relatively new compared to us at comedy um like how many how long in are you to gig in yeah how, how many months how, well, how many years uh, is it a couple two, well it's april two april two april 2018 when i started Bloody but hours. before that i was i was in a band I was in a band anyway, so we were always gigging. So I've been gigging right. since like 2007 or whatever. So, you know, okay. I've, I've always had that kind of adrenaline for the last 15 years or whatever. And what well, did you do in the, the band? Um, well, we were, I mean, it's a folk band. So we, uh, I, I sing. Uh, the reason I got into stand up as well is because there's stories attached to all the songs and you see, so you're just like talking a lot between the songs and that kind of thing. It's not like, you know, like a concert where you just go one, two, three, four, and you just start the next song, and it's one, two, three, four, and you're into the next one. You you sort of expect it in the folk world to yeah. talk about the songs, and also have some sort of what they would say pattern or whatever. So have something to talk about. So that's for, I don't know, funny you just that. sort of. It's not. It's something that's I think Billy yeah. Connolly kind of people, did that, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. People don't really think. Yeah. I, I, I think um, I like folk music. Uh, one of my favourite musicians is um, a guy called Martin Simpson, who's a folk musician. Oh, yeah, one of, yeah. One of the, one oh, of the greats. Martin Simpson lives more or less around the corner. Does he? <laughs> oh, my God. See, yeah, I love yeah. him. I think he's brilliant. Just want me to walk like... in the window, I'll shout. I'll... <laughs> yeah. Can you get Can you go get him? <laughs> Give him a knock. Yeah. Um, Martin! But <laughs> his storytelling, I've seen him live and that, and, yeah, he's just such a good... Uh, it's, it's not like watching a normal, mm. you know, your average band where it's sort of it almost they, they prefer to be quite aloof yeah. and you know it, it's about they're cool, they're the musician. Whereas the folk musicians feel much more like they're just a, a person up there having a chat and then now and again they'll sing a song for you. So is I the like chat that. between songs yeah. like more f- on folk music than other music? Well, I think isn't so because it? it's more intimate. More. Tends to be, and also uh, the songs, folk yeah. music as a as a genre is you know is very sort of steeped in storytelling the songs are storytelling normally Bob Dylan's basically folk music isn't it yeah yeah he was yeah definitely he was um, good wasn't he yeah but the irony <laughs> is Bob Dylan doesn't I think he'll do well but yeah Bob he's very his, shy Bob the opposite he just he has his back to the audience he's a bit um, I saw him in uh, Finsbury Park once and um, Robbie uh, what's his name Ronnie Wood was on stage with him yeah 
and the sound was awful to be honest <laughs> but like he did that he was at his keyboard and but um Ronnie Wood got him to talk and you could tell he was so reluctant but Ro- Ro- he basically dragged him to the microphone and he well, said a few words did you ever listen to Bob Dylan's Radio 2 show I didn't know. Oh, right. It was fucking... Oh, yeah. Now, that was great, wasn't it? Was it was brilliant because it was, sounded like the ramblings of a madman. <laughs> like, he'd basically tell, like, a very long-winded, yeah, yeah. like, story that sounded like, you go, I remember the term. And he'd tell this, like, three-minute story about him getting stuck in a fucking bathroom on tour in, like, some Minnesota sometime back in the 70s. And then he'd be like, anyway, and man, you, now it's... And you quickly realise why he why he doesn't talk yeah yeah it's basically it's because he's just he's a bit eccentric and a bit crazy really so that's what he said it was a brilliant radio show because it sounded a bit like a sort of a spoof radio show if but i I, I used to love it it was a wicked like driving back from a gig uh backdrop you know what i mean but um so yeah so you were you were doing folk music um and oh hang on i think david's frozen now um, the video's frozen, mm. David. The video's oh, it's frozen. Okay. Oh, but oh, the audio's yeah. Unless you're just staying really still. Hang on. <laughs> case... just... Unless you're playing um, I'm going to come back. I'm gonna... There you go. There we go. Should we... Um, we no, can probably I, talk... I, I, what I've done... It's very, it's very exciting what I've done. I've moved from Wi-Fi to 4G because I think it's probably more reliable on this... Uh, uh, okay, cool. ...on, on the call because a... it kept on dropping out. So we're now... Uh... You've got a similar but problem to Julian Dean. But the thing is, you only get a certain amount of data. I'm still on dial-up. Because I'm not actually travelling anywhere... <laughs> well yeah i've noticed that actually anymore, i've got um i get something mental like 60 gigs of data with my phone contract and yeah. uh, i looked on my e app i think it was last month i wanted to check a bill and uh and it said i still had something like 59 uh gigs of data from the month and it was like late in the month and it's just because i'd not fucking left the house do you know what i mean so it's yeah um we, we, can, we can probably just mention the fact that um because, but when I joined the Zoom, I was a bit late. Um, you were trying to work out the camera situation because our video goes on Patreon. And, uh, I was giving was, you some brilliant directions. Julian was giving yeah. directions because Put we haven't face. mentioned it, but obviously you are you are one of the UK's, um, <laughs> I was, was going to say small number. I, I think that's a right, that's an accurate, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I, only uh, know, I only know one other. Of uh, blind Max, comedians. Yeah. Um, oh, who, who else do you know, Julian? Chris McCausland. Chris Is Chris? There's uh, yeah. uh, Jamie. Oh, the Scottish comedian. I mean, if you don't know his name, <laughs> we're all in trouble. <laughs> There's three of you. Right. I, I assume <laughs> you all meet up and stuff. Your WhatsApp group. No, but there's a, it's, um... there's a Scottish comedian who did like. Um, do you remember there was some? Na- of course, there, like there is. Advert. He's great. I gigged, I gigged with him at the Jamie Glasgow Donald? Stand. What's his surname? Yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> this is a oh, great game. I know. Was, I, oh, I need to check now. He's a, fact, oh yeah, it was. Um... In fact, you wanted to get him on, but uh, you couldn't remember his surname. So you thought, "What's the other?" We get the other one. Yeah, <laughs> Chris was busy, Chris so good to famous. see you, man. Um, Chris, I once did a. I once did um, outside the box in Kingston with Chris McCausen, and this is the thing. So I think it's that thing of. Uh, when you sometimes are thoughtless with your words, but I was uh, I was on before Chris, and. Basically, it was a weird night where they sort of had a different tech uh, running the show, and Math, who runs it, wasn't normally runs it. It wasn't there, and um, the, they turned the lighting up really bright, so actually it was very hot on stage. And and basically, yeah. I, Chris, I came off stage having had quite a nice gig, 
and Chris was backstage on a little side brag. netting thing. And he, he, um, Chris said to me, how is it? And I said, oh, actually, no, they're really nice. It's, I said, but watch out, the light's really bright. <laughs> and I said it, <laughs> I totally said it. Uh, I'm thinking, uh, what it was, I was saying what I would have said to every, any single comedian yeah, that yeah. came off. That was the only critique I had of the gig. And I said it to Chris, and he just went, oh, cheers for that, mate. That <laughs> really helped me out. <laughs> I've done that before. I was in a car with him, and he said, what's the time? And I just pointed at the clock. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> also, once I met I met Chris at North Greenwich. I was driving to a gig. And, um, and it, like, the guy who works at the Underground is obviously holding, like, guiding Chris a little bit. And then I met Chris, and I held his hand. And we walked along, but I'm holding his hand. And then we got, and I look around and he's really red. Yeah, and he was yeah, like, yeah. just, oh. just put your hand on my shoulders. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was walking along like a cunt. <laughs> put some classical music over the top of that. That's wonderful. <laughs> Very nice. Should have said, no, this is a date. Be, Chris, not a, the listeners not a will be wanking over their pasta. Listen to that story, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so, yeah, so that was, we, we, that's so why, I, um, if the patrons are watching and wondering, um, why there was some camera setups going on. Yeah. Um, well, what but... I love about this is is the fact that because I'm not really that well known on the comedy scene, so what we've essentially done. Not yet, mate. Not before is, this. We've just started talking about the other blind comedian who's yeah, yeah. more famous and sharing anecdotes <laughs> about him. But, <laughs> the, the, yeah, we're trying. But yeah, he's our game. favorite blind comedian. The idea is yeah, that exactly. we're going we're gonna to boost you above. It's, we're going we're gonna to pitch you against Chris. Yeah. Um, no, we don't. It's um. But so yes. Yeah, so you um. Are you? Will you, do you mind? Uh, That'd be a mind... great boxing charity boxing match. <laughs> <laughs> just the two of us just air punching. <laughs> um, what's your? Do you mind to, do you, briefly talking about? Um, it? Were you? But were you no, born no, blind, or is it? Because so, obviously, Chris's Chris's was. Um, I assume you didn't go blind today, or you wouldn't. Um... <laughs> Did you go blind? You be as jovial when, when Julian appeared the... on the Zoom. You just went blind. <laughs> it's all. It's all the wanking. Um, <laughs> that it's must not just be because that's a. I mean, that old sort of stereotype of too much of it does make you must. I mean, that must be a running oh. joke in the sort of, uh, you know, yeah, from just... family and friends to you, I reckon. <laughs> Maybe not family, but just the grandparents in the Christmas card. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. I told um, you, happy Christmas. <laughs> exactly. I've, I was going to say I've one of us, but uh, maybe not. Um, the uh, no, I, here we go. Let the comedy begin. I had ca- cancer when I was six months old. Six months. Uh, wow. Six months old. Which actually you're a smoker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, are you, get, is it, are you trying to shut me up again? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I yes, I cancer six months. But in some ways, I was going to say it's the perfect time to have cancer. But obviously, <laughs> going. What I mean is, I didn't remember. I don't remember any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know it's what you the mean. perfect time. I'm not suggesting. You know, it's not a recommendation. <laughs> Anyone who's going through it, what I suggest you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get it out of the way with. But um, so I don't remember anything, obviously, about it. So, but yeah, essentially, I was sort of given those like minutes before they would sort of give up on me in a way you know because yeah, it was looking yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. like um but uh fortunately you know the, the comedy world is oh no sorry i'm thinking of uh, chris um <laughs> uh, comedy world <laughs> uh, do you often um, get yourself and chris mixed up yeah yeah sometimes i just pretend to be him 
I just put on a Liverpool accent or whatever, and uh, you know, I just take some of the middle-rate bookings that he won't have. I did actually, you know, there's the um, the, the the program for blind people called Radio, uh, not called Radio Four, called uh, <laughs> it's called the Radio. <laughs> it's a medium for blind people. <laughs> you know, there's that, that TV thing. It's called, the it's called noise. <laughs> I think that we do that for. <laughs> it's called um, In Touch, and it's like 20 minutes about blind people. I don't really listen to it, but uh, I was. Uh, asked to go on there to talk about comedy and being a blind comedian. Yeah. And I said, oh, um, do you know there's uh, Chris McCawson who's doing, you know, a lot better than, than me? And they went, oh, yeah, we asked him, but he was too busy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that must be the frustrating thing, I suppose, is there, you know, there is that, you know, it, I think that's always been the case, in, especially in PR, t- like circles of comedy, is like, Oh, we need a, and then it's like I'll oh, get the get the 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 blind comedian, deaf comedian. It's always a bit like it does feel a bit reductive at times the way they sort of it's described by elements of the industry. I think. Yeah, but they they do it with you, Carl. They say, "Let's get that heartless bastard ableist <laughs> comedian who just takes the piss out of the disabled." <laughs> <laughs> Let's know. get that disabled hating comic. <laughs> <laughs> Donnelly's the only one. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that was my um, diaries my filled up. You know, sort of, you know, some comedians of uh, our persuasion. You know, the uh, the able-bodied white heterosexual yeah. white white comedians who are currently sort of you know, there's some that have gone a bit right alt right in the last decade when they sort of get a bit angst. Ang- Don't bring me into it, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm talking about Julian here, but um, <laughs> you know, about sort of the uh, modern television landscape and stuff. Mm. Imagine that was our—that was my attempt at like right. I need yeah, to find yeah. an angle. I'm going to become really <laughs> ableist and horrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll yeah. be that guy. Um, but um, so, what? When did you start music? Then was music something that was just you—you you, you picked up naturally as a kid? Because I'm always—I've just had a baby, and I'm—I'm I'm doing that thing of, I think, subliminally trying to force music on her. Like I play guitar right. around her a lot, and put it in front of her and just let her hit it with her hands and i wonder if she's crying all night <laughs> but like i think it's Please one of things shut where... up dad her first words are shut up dad. Yeah, i think I, I i think people are even musical where they're not personally obviously you can learn to a certain degree but i think you know it's, it's hmm. whether or not they instinctively want to do it so was it something you always wanted to do yeah, I think I was like just like, fascinated by sound and and just like I was going to say banging things, but you know it could be taken out in context. Um, <laughs> that's why I was. That's why I was Julian's obsessed with banging things. <laughs> that's why I was Love encouraged it, by my family to wank because they thought well, it, it makes a change from banging things. So uh, yeah, that must be really dangerous for you to wank, though, <laughs> not knowing that you're alone or not. I, well, <laughs> hey, don't give away the Patreon special bonus. Uh, <laughs> right, what David doesn't say? know is that his camera is still on. Uh, Sorry, he's um, available on OnlyFans. I did say bo- I did say bonus edition, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, D- David, there's that there's that thing that we we kind of um, that's kind of common knowledge. I don't know, but that your other senses heighten when you is lose that, one. Is that- is that a myth? I've always I thought love- that was just what um, sort of people say to. Yeah. I don't know. What's the word? Like, I mean, uh, 
I think to, to make themselves know, to, feel to better. make themselves feel better, like sort of to try. It's, it's that thing where people, I think. Oh, well, don't. Pat- oh, here he goes again, trying to wear me down. No, quite patronising <laughs> people. I think. <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying is, mate, the rest of your senses are absolutely normal. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mate, are you deaf or what, David? We're trying to explain. <laughs> no, that thing of. You know, I think there's a lot of patronising language used. Uh, and I, I think sometimes when people go, yeah, but, you know, but, you know, they've got better senses elsewhere. It's people trying to just be yeah, sound yeah. overly uh, positive. Well, it's, when actually, it's, you know, some, I'm sure most blind people are just like, no, I just, I just happen to be blind. It's a, it's a thing. Well, it's it's a thing. I think there's certain things that people just say that it just becomes common parlance, doesn't yes. it? It doesn't yeah, really yeah. mean anything. No. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, like, shortcuts language things is like oh blind person oh i bet your hearing's good you know and, and that kind of thing and i suppose it's one of those um but uh i don't think it's necessarily that your hearing is better i actually think what it probably is is that you you're using your hearing more because if yes. you don't you're going to crash into things and get and killed you know you so, yeah 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 you know it's i think it's just it's a not natural thing um well it's weird how people can hold that opinion though but mm. also like sort of talk louder when they see you, the same thing. <laughs> like, I bet your hearing's increased, doesn't it? Like, what? You know. Yeah, yeah. The irony. Like, yeah. I've also, I've also sapped your intelligence as well. I take that as well. That's another thing that we've got as blind people. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. But the uh, the music thing just sort of came naturally, I suppose, to me. And it's not like I'm a virtuoso at the instrument or anything. In fact, I think, uh, but it's just more that I was interested in it. Uh, and then the folk music just came completely by accident when we were teenagers. I was like seven, I was 17 and there were three of us uh, in a pub uh, sort of having a nice, quiet, illegal underage drink. And, um, and then uh, what happened was there was just like this man just stood up and just started yelping and like launched into this song. And we thought he's going to be escorted out by the landlord for this like shouting drunken nonsense. And then everybody else around him just started joining in as well. And they're banging their pints on the tables and they're joining in. And then it comes to an end. You must have thought, what the fuck? Well, yeah. Well, everyone did. And we're, the three of us did. And then the, everyone applauds. And, and, the, and then the guy, this guy says, oh, that was the sea shanty. Welcome to the folk club. And we thought, what the bloody hell is this? And it was just a night where people sing without instruments, often unaccompanied, uh, without microphones. And they just share songs, songs of like, you know, sea shanties or whatever, or songs that of industry nice, or heritage. Yeah. And tell stories as well, and just swap anecdotes, and just tell jokes, or just do whatever. Have they and not got Wi-Fi that in that so... pub? No. Have <laughs> <laughs> got Netflix so... in your town? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, they so got any strip clubs around that area, um, or what? Have you? Have you that seen? Sounds, um, that the... sounds really nice, actually, um, doesn't it? Do you know TikTok? There's a sea shanty craze yeah. going on. It's one of the strangest things. Like every time I think. I might go yeah. on TikTok. I just something happens makes me go. I am not ready to understand it. I'm too old, or just it's just not my remit. Like, but um, yeah, yeah but apparently, like now everyone's doing sea shanty duets. Which I know for, what sea shanty exactly. So sea shanty is a style of, of song, isn't it? It's just oh, yeah. so it's the I working songs of the sea. So it's yes. songs that sailors would have sung when working, essentially. Oh, um, but, but now TikTok like are doing. <laughs> but I don't know if they've yeah. changed the words to be about sort of TikTok. Or they're just doing no, actual... no. I think they're just sea shanties. Uh, but the weird, I don't know how. I think it's come from like these computer games. I think there's like something like Assassin's Creed or something ah. that has like sea shanties in it, and ah, it's sort of come that from sense. that. 
and some friends of ours called the Longest Johns, who were a, a shanty band, <laughs> who were like on the the, the nichest thing ever, and would do with us. They would do these like European shanty festivals, and you'd like stand there in front of like you know you got like Germany or Holland. When we first started doing it, it was just for like free German. It was just for free beer and sausage. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, and and we would get there and sing these shanties and we would be doing like work over the week you know like an office job or whatever and we come back from holland and the and the, on the monday morning and everyone would be saying oh what did you do you know i, w- I watched x factor i watched britain's got Talent, or whatever it is we went shopping what did you do and i would say oh i went to holland and uh sing and i sea shanties with a lot of drunken <laughs> polish people uh did you ever get yeah. um did you ever get the ferry nice. to holland have you ever done that Oh, it's mad, isn't it? I remember me and my mm. mate um, did. Uh, we just we were in Amsterdam, and I, it was we just got, it was such a messy little Amsterdam trip for me and my friend. And then I, I was doing the opening night of the Newcastle stand to like the day like day after. And rather than fly, we thought it'd be fun oh. to get the overnight ferry and right. just get. I'm just got. It was just such a bad idea. We just got drunk mm. and then got an overnight <laughs> ferry where we couldn't sleep. Got to Newcastle at like seven a.m. And then couldn't yeah. check into a hotel and like had to do Ooh. a gig that night. And it was just like, it was one of them ideas that sounded really fun on paper. But then the moment, yeah. you, and it is nice once you're on the boat and it's nighttime and you're out, you know, and you just get that sea air hitting you. It's lovely, but yeah. it's not, um, it's not, yeah, the rest of it isn't as romantic as it sounded. It's just a moody bar yeah, yeah. with like a little one casino table and stuff. And it's a bit grotty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's weird. I mean, that shanty moon for us, because we've been doing it for 15 years, and now all of a sudden, it's like everyone wants a piece of it. It's one of the most popular things on the planet at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's like caught the... So it's really odd, but it's also a bit of a kick in the teeth that, you know, we, we've been doing this for 15 years, and we've for the last year, we've not been able to go out and sing songs <laughs> yeah. and do this, and now every bugger wants to hear it, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like, we've been doing it, and everyone's like on TikTok, and all these people who've mastered the technology as well, these teenagers, and now got these viral videos and, like, are getting all this stuff, and are probably, like, some of them are, like, getting, like, contracts and all sorts yeah, of stuff definitely. where they're going oh bloody hell we're completely it's almost as if someone and it, you know, I suppose you will see it in the comedy world like an upstart so you think like I've been doing comedy all this time and all of a sudden they've landed themselves somehow this or like Britain's Got Talent or someone and this like 17 year old comedian or whatever is suddenly like the biggest thing and you're like bloody oh, hell this is ridiculous I don't know <laughs> yeah there <laughs> is a bit of that I'm never I'm not I'm not somebody who gets that bothered by you know so I, I don't I've never really believed especially in comedy I've never believed yeah. that you've got to put the sort of hard graft in I think some people if they just get a lucky break good on them but yeah, yeah I think folk yeah. music is a definitely a different beast that like, I remember you know I remember when there was that new folk period where like Mumford and Sons and all that came out and like I yeah. as somebody who liked what I think of as traditional folk, you know, because I've grew up listening to a lot of Irish folk because of my family. And like, you know, to me, folk is not, I didn't see Mumford and Sons and that as folk. I felt like it was much, I don't know, it didn't feel like folk music to me. So I was very, yeah. I was like, fuck this stuff. And it's, I probably just sounded like an old, angry man going Well, like, the weird thing is with, the, with Mumford and Sons is that we uh, did, so we, again, we knew folk music for ages and we would do all these folk festivals. And then a folk festival said, oh, we're doing a big thing on Mumford and Sons and how they've like brought all of these people to festivals and how your fan base has increased because of Mumford and Sons. And it was like this worshipping article about the Mumford, <laughs> Mumford and Sons. And we all had to do it. And um, and I like was doing this, like, I don't know what it was, some sort of conversation or whatever. And I knew so little about Mumford and Sons. I kept calling them Mumfords, the Mumford and Sons <laughs> the or something. <laughs> the Mumford and I was saying, 
Yeah, and I was like, oh, I don't really um, know anything about, you know, like really about the Mumfords and Sons. And they were going, oh, um, well, they must have, you know, they must have completely changed your, you know, your, your credibility of what you do now. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think we had a fan base before and I yeah, think we yeah, do yeah. a lot of unaccompanied singing. I'm not sure how that really resonates. But they wanted me basically to, and everyone to do this kind of, kneel at the altar of Mumford and Sons yeah, yeah. about how we're trying to revolutionise things. It's... But I do think, yeah, because I don't think, like, you know, I, th- I, don't, I think it's a bit of a false economy when people say, you know, but, you know, bands like that brought people to folk music. And it's like, I don't think a bunch of 15-year-olds listened to Mumford and Sons and then thought, right, I'm going to go listen to the back catalogue of Martin Carthy or something. You know what I, mean? yeah, yeah. I don't think there was much crossover. I think they very much stayed in the pop realm. Um I just realised it's weird. Let's not get too folky because Julian's sitting there going, yeah. what the fuck are these two talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Julian's more of a um, a pop music fan. Yeah, like well, the longest, but the, the, the longest John's is Shanty Band, though. They've now like gone from like just doing these festivals uh, for like free German sausage and beer to now like getting on the jumping on the computer games sort of bandwagon and they're doing really well. And they've like got us, they've had like stuff in their top 40 of, the, of recent, and oh, uh, they've just been offered a record contract. And you're like, this it's is mad, absolutely isn't it? crazy how something can just take over, you know, like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's brilliant, though, it's, it's great to see. Um, but it's just mad, you know, it's like when you wake up and you just sort of think, how has this happened? And, and it, it can be very easy to just kind of like become overwhelmed by it because all of a sudden the very thing that you've been doing for 15 years is one of the most popular things on the planet, but you can't go out and do it. Yeah, you've yeah, got to yeah. stay in the house. Also, it's just <laughs> yeah, being yeah. done in a very different way. That thing of, yeah, it's not being now, it's not, the idea isn't that it's, you're sitting in pubs with a yeah. brown, brown ale singing yeah. a sort of old song about the sort of revel- the French Revolution or something. You know, yeah. it's going to be a bunch of young people sort of doing it in different fields. I, did, I didn't know you'd I didn't know you'd seen us. You're aware of I'm a big fan of your back catalogue. Yeah, yeah. Um I watched the um I watched the voice for the first time in ages. Like I I one thing I've found during lockdown is yeah. like I I've started doing a lot of stuff that I used to really look down upon. You know, just like, right. well, just like sort of that pop what, culture stuff. I've like, really like, started getting. I've really started getting into racism recently. <laughs> I've always thought sort of proud of it. Quite fun, actually. You know, like arson, <laughs> just things like that to cheer myself up. But um, <laughs> but the voice is like I, I didn't realise the voice had so many people going on it that were actual musicians. I genuinely thought it was a bit of an X Factory. You know, people mm. just go on and just sing a bat, you know, just do a spot. And there's loads of people go on and play their own songs and stuff. And it's actually, I've, yeah. I really, I've really enjoyed it. I realise I've hit that age. Is now that the one where the chairs turn round? Yeah, Tom. It's Tom Jones. Like yeah. I've got to say, the judge. There's a. There's definitely a discrepancy of judges. You've got Will I Am, who is obviously. Oh yeah. You know, he's a massive music producer. Uh, you've got Tom Jones, who's a fucking legend of popular music. Yeah, this girl called Anne Marie, who seems very nice, and she's like a sort oh, of yeah. big hot oh, yeah, young pop musician yeah. now. And then there's also, but then they've got um, what's his face? What's this? Ollie Murs, who is um, I, I feel right. like he's a bit out of he's a bit you know I don't I don't know how he sits on that panel, but it's wicked. Yeah. Tom Jones is just such a nice guy, and now and again Tom Jones just sings an a cappella song, and you can see them all just going like shit, man. His voice is still so good. Like he's not lost it, you know. Some, you know, when you see like 
when they when there's live like versions of songs done by musicians who were like you know people like robert plant and stuff back in the day who had big voices and they always age quite badly their their voices just sound a bit wafer thin when they get older and they haven't got the power in it tom jones still sounds like a fucking foghorn do you know (laughs) it's just got that big i mean he was around with elvis wasn't he yeah, he always bangs on about it, isn't he? It's just, it's just like a running joke. He always mentions that he was friends with him. I was friends with Elvis. And everyone like, just takes a piss out of him. It's like, yeah, all right, mate. We get it. You hung out a bit. We get it. You're old, mate. I was going to do the shit as joke there. When you started singing, I was going to turn my chair around. And I realised how, <laughs> how stupid it would be because I'd be then facing, my back would be facing to you. But also, I'm wearing headphones, so it would then just pull the phone yeah. off the desk. <laughs> Your whole laptop just drags across the floor. <laughs> so the joke wouldn't be that I was turning my chair. The joke would just, well, it would just seem like I just disappeared. You this crashed yeah, yeah. Your the joke would be that you stormed off the podcast. We can now see your ceiling. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, it's I, basically it's a, it was just a funny thing for me to discover that I now I'm actually now a, a, a person that enjoys Saturday night television. All, although I mean, there's a thing called the Masked Singer, which I'd heard about. Have you, Julian? Have you experienced? I've, the I, I, I've seen a lot of it on um, on Twitter, and apparently, was it Lenny Henry? Lenny Henry was in it. So basically, this is oh. genuinely the gist of the show for anyone who's only heard about it. In you know, it, I genuinely only heard about it on social media, and I thought this sounds like nonsense, right? But basically, yeah, celebrities are singing songs, but they're wearing like big novelty suits. So and they. So it isn't names. a mask. It's more like a they dress like they a little dinosaur like some, or yeah, alien. yeah. So they look like something yeah. that are fun, like a. They're not uh, in like a little park. N95. <laughs> Full <laughs> Just PPE, an anonymous mate. mask. Um, no, but they so and they sing and basically over the weeks it, uh, the best ones stay on and the other ones get booted out and as they get booted out they reveal themselves and everyone's got to guess who they are viewers and the panel and it's honestly it's it's fucking mental like. You can tell it's a Japanese game show. You know, Japanese game shows are notoriously crazy. Like you can just see that it was a, it's, it's been imported from Japan. And um, but yeah, like last night, one of them was Morton Harkett from Aha. Like he's like, the lead singer of Aha. The lead yeah. singer of Aha, and he just was he was dressed as a Viking, wow. <laughs> and it was just so it's what such a, tune a bizarre they had, show. Though, take take on me, what a tune! One of the big, it's like it's being viewed. They they had a fact on uh, on the bottom of the screen when he was on it, which was like uh, Take on Me's music video has been viewed something like a billion it's times. He, it's on. when he went into the comic book or something, wasn't? Yeah, it? Yeah, that's one of my yeah. first uh, musical memories. That song. That's genuinely like. Uh-huh. I think it, do you know, like that sort of, I just I, I don't know I must have been five or something four or five and I just remember hearing that a lot it must have could been you a... do you could do a regular feature called your aha moment where every <laughs> guest who comes on says the first time they remember hearing aha aha yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could have Alan Partridge doing the aha as well You've got the, the whole thing here. Um, the masked singer, so it's got nothing to do with COVID then, obviously, and like no, just wearing masks. That's just a, that's a, it's a happy accident. <laughs> and people aren't, and people don't have to wear masks and sing because that would be absolutely terrible. It would well, just no, be loads of people doing the crash test dummies chorus. Well, this is the thing. So they're, they in, they're inside these big suits, but obviously the yeah. suits, the suits are massive because they have to give them room to be able to sing properly. So they're mic'd up, up well inside the suit. It's it, it's such a weird concept, and wow. you know it isn't. It's not one of them things you're going to watch. And I basically I've heard about it on social media, and I thought, oh 
God, man, this is the end of days. And actually, watching it was relatively entertaining. It's it like, the oh, beginning it's... of new days of TV <laughs> it's, for you. It's the beginning of my favourite days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's normally that, like... Find it really difficult to do stand-up now because it's just like you're getting into Saturday evening television. Oh, God, so... yeah. I've got nothing to <laughs> criticise anymore. All the things I used to take the piss out of during lockdown, it turns yeah. out I really like them. <laughs> it's a new show on how brilliant Saturday night TV is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've ju- you've just discovered Anton Deck. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, the I TV mean, guide say, is your set list. Anton Deck are... The consummate professionals they are. I I get it. I mean, they are pro, aren't they? Yeah, but again, I've never really seen it. I've never really, but I've been out. I've been gigging every Saturday night for 13 or 14 years. Like, I've not, yeah, yeah. I've I've just, I've actively sought out not having a Saturday night off in over a decade. Yeah. Because I saw it as if I had a Saturday night off, there was something wrong. So, like, it's locked, like, sort of since last March, it's the first time I've ever just had evenings to just sit on a sofa and actually genuinely i do think i've been a little bit over the years overly critical of a lot of popular culture actually i totally this, get it it fits it it serves a purpose this podcast is going to con- completely change after the 100th episode it's going to be ant and deck although julian did say to me about a month ago should we try and get davina mccall on do you remember that, Julia? And Lorraine as well. And Lorraine, you want to get Lorraine? And, and oh, yeah. just, actually, you... I actually emailed her agent. Which one? Both of them. And what did, what did they say? No reply. <laughs> I wonder why. Well. If they, if, even if they did a, a cautionary scan of any episode, in 30 seconds there'll be something that'll make them go, my client is not going on that podcast. <laughs> or even replying to this email. <laughs> But um, it's uh, yeah. I think I'll, I don't think we'll be changing tack too much, just because of my new love of of popcorn television. But um, what's been your uh, your lockdown uh, hobbies or activities? Is there anything you've been doing differently since lockdown? Uh, there was well, we've to the start of lockdown. For some reason we found this app where you're like where you can like listen to loads of radio stations from around the world and so we found that really fascinating me and my fiance because it like all of when you're in i think it's because when you're in like a bubble and you're just in your own house it's really interesting to kind of then scan the rest of the world and see what's going on and radio gives you a real insight into that because like you know, like they're just doing what they're doing for their local community, so yeah. they're not expecting you to be listening. Yeah. So it's it's absolutely crazy. Some Talking the about the new shop that's opened down the road. Yeah, or yeah. Something. But there's, there's the so new Sainsbury's. Much. We're talking of like sleeping because you were asking like how I sleep and stuff. And uh, one radio station we found is a radio station in New Zealand called Sleep Radio yeah. that just plays like soothing music. Uh, oh, to get to your sleep, but the stupid thing about it is, it starts where you you load the it's radio. Got big station. adverts every five <laughs> well, minutes. It kind of is like that because this guy comes on at the start. And he says, "Thanks for tuning in to Sleep Radio. We're going to help you have a great night's sleep." But before we do that, I just want to ask you a few things. Have you considered donating to Sleep Radio? Because we can't keep this station going afloat by ourselves. Oh, it's due to the generosity that... of people like you. So get on the web. Putting all these problems on you, all these financial <laughs> yeah. problems on you to, to stare at like... your ceiling all night thinking about <laughs> this like, poor guy. If you can't donate, get on social media. Tell your friends about Sleep Radio. So, and then he's like doing this. He's like, you can like, you can subscribe. We've got this and all this. So much to like, think about. 
And it's like five minutes before he'll even let you go to sleep. And it's just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Just so, shut up, mate. Um, <laughs> Trying yeah, to get so out we... some... There's a brilliant uh, album made by... Does, I don't know if you, do you know Max Richter, the composer? Oh, yeah. So he, yeah. he's known for a lot... He's done, but people, if they don't know him, will definitely know his stuff because he's done a lot yeah. of uh, film soundtracks. He's done an album, with, which is what you're going to talk about, with my semi-namesake, David Eagleman. What, what, the album Sleep? Yeah. That's it's brilliant. Done, that's it's done a... with uh, David Eagleman, who's a neuroscientist. Oh, really? ah. and, um, so they worked together on like the patterns, I think, like the brain patterns when you're asleep, and, he cre- and Max, Max Richter created the music for it. It's so that brilliant. That sounds it's, really interesting to me. It's an, it's an eight-hour album. It's all on, so you can, just, you can have it on Spotify. It's on, you know, you can download it elsewhere. So you've but... got to listen to that eight hours and then go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, but it's so the idea is you put it on just when you get into bed and the album is designed to sort of just follow an eight hour sleep pattern so like it sort of starts relatively you know it's you're aware of it and it's there and there's periods where it goes really low and it sort of takes you through sleep cycles. And it cycles. tunes into the, the proper brainwaves for the well, different built, stages of sleep. It's built for like sort of sleep cycles. And uh, But there's a documentary on BBC iPlayer about it and um, that is, uh, it just, it just they just go around and um, sort of interview people that have been to live yeah. versions of well, it. it was... Where it was amazing. It's amazing. I watched the documentary and it's, it just, it's one of the, but even the documentary made me feel so relaxed bored. <laughs> <laughs> well bored you to death <laughs> that's kind of what i'm trying to do with this podcast no one knows who i am and i'm just like talking in nonsense and hoping that people go to sleep if nothing else but the, um, if there are people out there sleeping to this podcast they've got serious issues they did a live thing on radio three where they had like a lot of people in beds, uh, separate beds, obviously, because that would really ruin the whole sleeping aspect. <laughs> and they, it was really weird. Show. And at three o'clock in the morning, they just started shagging each other. It was really odd. <laughs> uh, you, know, you wouldn't get this on Classic FM, but um, <laughs> but uh, it was it was really strange because like they would have people. It was an experiment, and so they'd have people in beds just trying to sleep while this uh, while an orchestra were playing the uh, the music, and it was like all broadcast on Radio Three. Yeah. Which oh, is really that. odd, isn't it? Because essentially the whole point of it is that you're not aware and the audience isn't aware that the music is really happening. So they've got this entire orchestra and they've put beds in and the whole point of it is for you not to listen to it. If you're listening to it, the whole thing's a failed experiment. Yeah. <laughs> Very that's, odd. That's, yeah, that sleep album, that, that whole idea. Uh, yeah, so interesting hearing about that because like, it's that thing of... You know, it's designed that when you're asleep, it, it takes it right down to like just about audible, and it's it's yeah. actually it's a really nice album like to just have on around the house. Yeah. I recommend it to everyone. <laughs> I find for it a... hard to even. I'd find it hard to even lay down and put that on though. Like I need to watch something so I get so I get sleepy. Because yeah. I, I mean, there's loads of stuff on YouTube, isn't there? You could put kind of sleep hypnosis on but even to do that i'm laying there my mind's busy you know what i mean right that makes sense yeah but like, yeah, yeah yeah i need to watch a a, a debate that's, that's, that's <laughs> on, on is god real <laughs> by sam harris and some vicar but um, <laughs> um but i'm just dozing off i don't know yeah um, no i'm a, i'm a, I, like, I like a i like total silence to sleep but like in and you the have got a child, Carl, which yeah. sort 
has ruined that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, she's very much against that idea. You know, you especially, know. When, especially when you put that guitar in front of her. She's like, oh, you'll give off the bloody <laughs> guitar at three o'clock in the morning. One thing she's recently discovered is, um, and this is such a hippie thing, but I've got a big quite like a sort of large tibetan singing bowl that i brought back from india when i traveled around india like and um and it's a beautiful thing it sounds so nice you know and the resonation from it's really good but i like when she was very young like when she was like two months old if i hit it it made her cry because it was quite an intimidating noise but i tried it again about two weeks ago and she just lost she loved it so I started oh, playing wow. it for her, and she was so into it. And then she's now started to work out how to bang it. And um, yeah. it's really good, actually, because it's a very soothing noise. So, like, you know, kids are naturally, they bang stuff. It can be quite yeah. an aggressive yeah. sound. Get, teach them to bang really nice-sounding things. And all it does is just make the sounds around your house oh, better. They're nice, those bowls, actually. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. And they also, they're quite expensive here. Like, you know, if you buy them here, if you get, like, the, the size I've got is would cost quite a bit of money here. But I, just, I got it in India. I got it out in the Himalayas. So it's well cheap. I did have to carry it all the way back to London. So, I mean, that could be a little treat for the podcast listeners at the end. You could do a little recital on the singing bowl. On the singing bowl. Wow, that's a really good idea. I'll get it out for the patrons. <laughs> and have a little special. We'll do a one-hour yeah. special where I just play a, um, a Tibetan singing bowl. And Maybe Julian, Julian watches of... some UFC could... videos. Yeah, he could just do some Sing vomit. some Ariana Grande or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, it's a lovely sound. I um, Have you ever, have you ever tried it? Because the first time I tried I to play one, it's very tricky. And you do. You've got to keep the thing going by the airflow around it. Yeah, you've got. To, I mean, to, yeah, to play it. Oh, you've got you to, rub the edge of you've it. Got to, you? And it's got to be constantly connected to build the sound. Uh, ah. But then you can take it off and bang and stuff like that. But and you, you can get different th- notes. Like the size of them would change yes. the key or the note. Would it? Well, the I'll deepness. tell you what. I'd love to have a go. Have you ever, have you ever, see, uh, have you ever seen a hang a hang drum? Um, they're they're them weird ones that sort of they're, they're shaped almost like a trying to like like a UFO. They're just like a, they're like two plates turned against each other, and they're hollow and they've got little holes in it. And you sort of hit different points and it goes like boom 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 boom. And they say it's like, you always see hippies like there was like, in Bristol. There'd always be someone playing it in a high street, some with like some dreadlocks, white with, dreadlocks. with dreads. And like, because yeah. they cost like a grand. Trust a fairy and oh, wow. yeah, but they um they sound lovely. I've always wanted one, but then I obviously I'm a bit worried about what I'll become if I get one. Why don't you <laughs> get? Why don't you get on eBay, man? I don't know. I think even then they're expensive. I do think they have come down in the last few years. Why don't you go but... rob one of them street guys? <laughs> Just go <laughs> bust up a hippie. <laughs> Is one nut bong? I mean, that it... would be that'd be a great article in the news, wouldn't it? Like, just a man beat up with his drum for their hang drum. Yeah. <laughs> Got beat up by a snare drum in key. Yeah. What, um... In key, I don't know what keys are. Because what instruments do you, do you just play? I play keyboard, keyboard uh, and accordion. Accordion. And have so, you ever done yeah. that on stage? A accordion or, or anything? Oh yeah, well, I play I play the accordion a lot on stage, and I've got a story that I tell, which is too long to do here. But it's a story basically where the only thing I need to do on the accordion is just go and just keep pulling it like that because it's a time that I uh, it's a time that I had an accident. So sound, basically, it involves me. Um, being stuck in the street at three o'clock in the morning, not knowing where I am, not knowing how to get oh, home, but being desperate for the toilet okay, while wearing an accordion because oh, I'd just God. come back from a fort club and the taxi driver had dropped me off at the wrong house. Oh, and so I 
I find oh, somewhere man. that I hope You should be able discreet. to sue him for that. Well, I found somewhere that I hope is discreet, but then obviously being blind, my idea of discreet might be a bit different <laughs> to yours. And then I start going about my business and the clasps on the accordion come loose oh, and no. it just starts going, and sort of really bringing attention to myself. And I'm like panicking <laughs> now going, what the hell am I going to do? Anyway, Everyone looks so, out of their window, you're just in the middle of the road, just pissing, well, <laughs> playing well, accordion. Broad daylight I, shopping centre. <laughs> well, I realised it was at three o'clock that I'd, I'd, pos- I'd position myself in someone's garden. Oh, God. That's where I've seen you. Yeah, and it was oh, it was a terrible situation, but it involved me like running down the street with my cock out because I was because I was trying to uh, desperately get away whilst the accordion was still going. Oh. <laughs> Imagine um, nice, that. nice alibi. Yeah, yeah, you're your honour. <laughs> yeah, I this, I honestly, I put to the jury this story. I, I do this story on stage, and it's ridiculous because I can like I'm trekking around the country. And the only reason I've got the accordion is so I can just go and do that. And I often don't, I do a gig and I don't even play a song on the thing. So I, I, I lug this completely massive instrument around with me. Like I puts my shoulders out and I'm like, and at the moment I'm doing, you know, like when I'm doing comedy, I'm like staying in youth hostels a lot of the time and stuff. And I'm walking to, you know, the gigs. I went. And so I'm like lumbering this instrument around. And the only thing I do it is just so I can go for a few seconds. What are the main, what are the main difficulties? Like not being able to see going like to a youth hostel or. Oh God. Oh, it's yeah. So basically you get in and often you don't know which bed is yours. And of course, how do you work that out? You look to see which one is empty. Snug up next to some trucker. Well, what I have to do Some is I have poor to do, like, German a... student just gets you rolling in via accordion. Well, that's it. Often I get in. Late, Your dick out. I've come back from a gig and everyone's asleep. Oh, so I get in and I'm like now having to creep around. And the first thing I do is I use my super hearing abilities that I've got because I'm blind. To see. And, uh, and I'm like listening in and just hoping that they're asleep and I'm listening in for breathing. But if I can't quite hear whether there's breathing, I then have to do like this little pincer movement with my fingers to see if I can just get a little grope just oh, to see shit. if they're yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And You're wrong. The, the, yeah, exactly. And then I've got my <laughs> cock out as well, of course, uh, with the accordion on. And uh, <laughs> it's weird. It's just like odd. Oh, yeah. I am. Um... Yeah. But that's I've one never... of the upsides to being blind. Um, it's not all the <laughs> You've got you the alibi. Much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So traveling around and stuff. I mean, I I can't even like we moan about the travel and stuff with this job, and then you think about somebody who can't see, and it's like you can't imagine it. And it's really odd as well because you just meet lots of odd people at that time of night. You know, if you're like coming back from a gig at eleven o'clock or half eleven or whatever. And you're walking through London or whatever, or whatever, and you just meet like drunk people who, I mean, like one guy who said, um, "I wanted it was a youth hostel. It was like I'd done um, two North Down, you know, the downstairs yeah, King's yeah, yeah. Head thing, and yeah. uh, there was a there's a youth hostel right near there called I don't know King's Head Youth Hostel or King's Cross Road Youth Hostel or something." And this yeah. guy said, where do you want to go? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm looking for King's Cross uh, Road Youth Hospital. I said, I'm following the instructions on, the, on my sat-nav thing here on my phone. It's just that, you know, when you start walking, you don't know if you're going in the right direction yeah, until yeah, it yeah. corrects you at the start. And that's all that happened. I'd have been absolutely fine. But this guy insisted on taking me. The only problem is he was really drunk. He heard the words King Cro- King's Cross Station and he said, 
I'll take you to King's Cross Station. Oh, and I kept God. saying, no, I don't want to go to King's Cross Station. He said, and he was getting more and more angry, saying, you said you wanted to go to King's Cross. I said, yeah, oh, what King's a Cross Road, Newcastle. pain in the arse. And then he said, because at this point, I thought, I just need to get away from this guy, because I, I could get there easier by myself, and I don't want some aggressive, drunk guy yeah, like yeah. trying to take me. And then he says, I'm going to take you. He says, you stay there. I'm just getting my, I'm getting a pizza. So I thought, brilliant. He's gonna get it. He's gonna go for this to this takeaway, collect his pizza, which apparently was ready, and I'll just do quickly do a runner, um, and just hope <laughs> I'm doing a runner in the right direction. Because if I'm doing <laughs> the wrong direction, I've then got to walk back. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm just ready. I'm formulating this plan. He's gonna go and get a pizza. I'm doing a runner. At which point he goes, hold my beer. Oh, God. And so he gives me this can of beer. And now I'm paralyzed with indecision because I'm like, I can't do a runner with this guy's beer. It's like too, feeling too British going, oh, I've got his beer now. I can't possibly do a runner. I better so, wait here for uh, four hours. <laughs> 45 it'd, minutes yeah. while he eats It'd be impolite. <laughs> so I just waited like, while he collected this pizza. And like five minutes later, he came down and it was absolutely So like, he fucked terrible. off and got a pizza. What's the matter with this guy? Well, he was just collecting his pizza. He'd already ordered it, oh. seen me, came out thinking he was being a really charitable person, but he was an aggressive drunk. And he kept asking everybody where for directions. Oh, but when God. they didn't know, he, they would go, oh, fuck you, man. Fuck you. You, you. I don't even live here. And I know where I'm, you know, I'm going more than you. And he was like getting more and more. I'm trying to help this blind man. You idiot. <laughs> I'm trying to help this blind man. And like getting really angry. Fucking and of course, I felt that I was somehow to blame. So I, I was like trying to apologize. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Know the man. He's like, don't apologize. He's, he's an idiot, and all of this. And then we <laughs> finally make it to the youth hostel. Oh, at one point he says, "When you're with me, you're safer than Jesus." And I thought, well, he did get no. hung on a cross. It's not really yeah, the. Uh... That definitely doesn't make you feel safe. No, 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 no. <laughs> the moment. And again, this isn't criticizing religious people or anything, but plus Jesus know, did get killed on a cross. Yeah, so I mean, most... I don't know what that means. <laughs> but most. Um... Most Christians don't really talk about it. Yeah, yeah. anyone yeah. who says to you, anyone who brings up Jesus Most when they're drunk, are, are drunk screaming at people. Exactly. That's, straight. that's when you know. Oh, this is going to be one of them. And ones, when he was, uh, and when he was trying to get me to like, rather than just saying step up when we came to the curb, he would actually get hold of my foot. Oh god! And put it on the curb. But the trouble is that meant I was like balanced like this with my foot yeah, in the yeah, air. Yeah. I mean, how is that any more safer? So some drunk guy is now holding one of my legs in the air. How did he up. think you got about and you didn't like? <laughs> were you <laughs> completely incapable before he moved him. your feet? You? Well, that's any Christian <laughs> one. I often, I often wonder that because the amount of times people will say things like they will grab me and they'll take me across a road. They don't even know whether I want to cross the road. They just assume I'm standing by the road that I might want to cross it. They take me across, yeah, yeah. and which I didn't even necessarily want to go across. And then weirdly, they'll say. Oh, you'll be all right from here, and then they'll leave me. And it's like, what did they? In the middle of the island, spaghetti junction. (laughs) On a roundabout. Don't talk about spaghetti. You know what I'll start doing. Uh, But it's it's just ridiculous. You think, what do you think I was doing before this point, and what do you think I'm going to do afterwards? Do you think I'm just going to wait for the next person to grab me by the foot and take me along? Like a relay (laughs) race of human pedestrians. Well, we eventually found the hostel, and then I thought, brilliant, and get rid of this guy. And he says, no, 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 no. He says, the first thing you need to do is fold away your stick. I said, what? He says, you don't want people to know you're blind. They'll take advantage of you. Pretend you're not blind. Oh, my God. And I'm like, this is weird. And then he says, and I'm going to come in with you, and I'm going to tell them that if anyone starts on you, they've got me to answer to. So then this aggressive drunk guy comes into the hostel as my chaperone. And it's the... (laughs) 
and he's got this beer, and it's a dry. That's help hostel. you don't want, isn't it? Yeah, You're yeah. not meant to be drinking in this hostel. I don't know why, but it's not meant to. Be... And so they say, "Can you put your beer down, sir?" So he gets really annoyed at them, and then he reads them the riot act, and basically says, "I am this guy's representative. He is. He can see a little bit. He's not fully blind, and he is not stupid. And his hearing is bloody brilliant." And, that guy's uh, dealing with his own fucking yeah, prejudices, yeah, yeah. isn't it? He's not stupid. No one said he was, mate, except for your your own brain. <laughs> he set himself up as my representative, and I was worried because I thought he's got this guy, this girl at the youth hostel, is going to ask us both to leave because. It seems, it seems like I'm with him. And I thought the last thing I want is to be chucked out by the youth hostel that I paid for. And I'm now on the streets with some aggressive drunk look. End up back at his back house. Yeah, <laughs> it was all yeah. part of his plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, they managed to get rid of him. And the only way I could get rid of him is because at one point, while we were in the middle of the street, I mean, just as we descended this, the darkest bit of the, uh, this alley where there's nobody there, he says, do you have money? No. And I said, I said, um, no, I don't, thinking that he was asking me for money. I said, oh, no, I don't. And he said, well, I'm going to give you money then. Oh, and he insisted on giving me money. And I'm like, no, I wasn't asking. He said, don't be proud. He says, you said you didn't have any money. I said, oh, well, I said that because I thought you were asking me for money. He says, no, no, don't be proud. You clearly <laughs> don't have any money. And so he was like, how much do you want? 10, 20, 30, 40? And I was like, two grand <laughs> cash, yeah, two, yeah. please. 200. And I was Wait, like, what's the max a cash machine can spit out at this time of night? Yeah. I'm like, I've just, I've just performed for, uh, you know, two North Down for free. I'm thinking this is absolutely brilliant. I'm going to make more money from an aggressive drunk blog outside. <laughs> I mean, he was oh, trying to help, wasn't he? As stupid as he was. Yeah. Yes. And it, yeah. it's fucking annoying, I bet. It is. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear, but uh, yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult to know what to do, and you kind of don't want to be rude to people as well because yes. the last thing you want, like not maybe in his case, but when someone thinks they're being helpful, the last thing you want is to sort of be a bit rude to them, and then the next time they see a blind person who does need some help, yeah, so you yeah, almost yeah. feel like you're an ambassador for every other blind person that you have to yeah, be really yeah, nice because yeah. they'll go, oh, those blind people, you know. Yeah. Uh, which think, is really, yeah. really difficult because, you know, like Chris is such a bastard, Chris McCorslan, and he's really doing blind people down and deserving. <laughs> I suppose he, that the, the he moral... used to be really He used to be really nice until some comedian did some joke about the lights and he was like, right, I can't hate the world now. And <laughs> oh, I heard about that, yeah. the, the moral of the, that story is, like, for people that want to help, you know, just don't yeah take, do it. take direction they exactly, they would yeah. know how you can help them yeah, better than you would know think you are doing it all right that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. the long and short of it isn't it um we've got to wrap it up it's been very fun it's been uh I love really the fact nice, that man. we've done this podcast and so far we've and I feel like there'll be still people at the end of it going, I still have no bloody idea who he is. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's normally the thing. We never actually talk um about anything of yeah, but, you know. But normally comedy. but normally but normally you have people on who people know, so there is a slight difference. Well, you'd there, be surprised. Uh, with, um, not all the time, <laughs> to be honest. I mean yeah. I can get um, you Martin Simpson if you want him. <laughs> I, I love Martin Simpson. I love that man so much. He's such a good. He's uh, an amazing guitarist. That's he why is. we've got you on to try and get him. It's yeah, a gateway. Yeah. But, I get you um, on the deck if you like. Uh, <laughs> but people I want that. You. I want your chaperone on. <laughs> <laughs> um, you put you you do some videos and stuff online. You put you you you're yeah, active yeah. On, on social medias. Yeah, it's so, called uh, it's called one blind man and a ball of pasta. And, uh, it's on, it's on, it's on OnlyFans, <laughs> Pornhub. Exactly. Uh, but no, but you people yeah. can follow you online. 
And yeah, um, it's very simple. At the David Eagle on social media, and I've got a podcast as well. So you've got like 179 five star rated uh, people. I've got a 100 five star rated record on my podcast as well, the David Eagle podcast, based on the six people. So hey, there you go. <laughs> That's all right. So, it's, so the, come the, along the, and be number. People seven. only look at the star rating, mate. They're not counting how many <laughs> how many are putting it there. By the way, I didn't count them one by one. It did tell me on the before you go in. I'm like going, I want to see if they've got more than me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm a bastard. Eight, nine, ten, just constantly counting. What's your podcast uh, called? The David Eagle Podcast. It's, it's very, uh, very, very clever marketing. And obviously, people, yeah, if there's any online gigs where you're popping up, you'll put them on oh, your social media. By the way, uh, if they want, there's one of the episodes, I can't remember what it's called, but if they just search the podcast thing, uh, one of the episodes is the actual the actual recording of that drunk guy that I was telling you oh, about. Really? When oh, I was wow. holding his beer, well, you know, when you're recording, it kind of gives you a, I think, I think they, like, well, you know, like with um, like Ian Beale or whatever, when he does those gangster films, I think when, um, when he does the journalism, I think Ian when Bill got does the... gangster films. Yeah, what's the thing? He does the reporting. Is it Ian Bill? He does the. Who am I thinking <laughs> Bill. of? Ian Bill's, Ian Bill's from EastEnders, from EastEnders isn't he? Yeah, Danny no. Dyer. No. The... no. No, there's a there's somebody who's in EastEnders who does documentaries about like gangsters. Oh, oh, Ross Kemp. Oh, Ross Kemp, yes. But Danny yeah. Dyer also does some as well. Ian Danny Bill. Dyer used yeah. to do those. <laughs> and Ian I think Bill. there's a. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a certain fear, like the, your fearlessness that you get when you know you're recording. So when this guy said, hold my beer, a part of me thought, oh, I can't run. Well, I can record. So yes. I recorded it. So you can hear that if people check uh, it out on one of the podcasts. I'm definitely like going to listen to I want to hear what his voice year. was like. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so people can check that out. They can find you online. Um, yeah. And hopefully when it starts, they can see you live. Um, yeah. And if you want some uh, blind-related comedy, Chris McCausland's your man. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, it's, you, Chris McCausland, you, or that other guy, we can't that remember. Jimmy, the name. <laughs> I can't believe I can't remember his name. I know him as I well. I watched your set, actually, David, at Hot Water. It's very good, man. Very oh, funny. Thank you. I, I, so check that out really, as well. I didn't really like that set. The problem with it, right, was because it's Liverpool. Nor and every gig polite. that I'd done in Liverpool previous to that was like in front of really loud crowds. Yes. That was a great, it was great, yeah. They just didn't respond to swearing and like stuff like that, which Hot Water isn't like that because it's like a proper comedy club. Well, I didn't realise, so I just bounded on. And I didn't even realise it was like the fully, like properly recorded thing. So I bound on, I made some joke about a paedophile or something, did some other slightly mildly dubious joke, and then they did loads of swearing. And then they were, at the end of it, they went, oh yeah, you can have that for YouTube. And they just put it on YouTube. And I'm like, oh, that's what represents me now. So it's like, I'm a lot more sweary and kind of, you know, than I normally I'm doing that. But, and I was probably quite nervous as well, because I was just expecting to get heckled, which didn't happen. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But yeah, you can check that out. <laughs> anyway, sorry, you said we've got to wrap up and I just continued. That's all right. Um, <laughs> so any other business from our, our end, Julian? Just thanks to our patrons who've signed um, up for thanks, extra stuff. Thanks, patrons. Yeah, I'll be not disappointed by this episode, patrons. Oh, we'll get someone who you know next time. No, it's fine. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Some, of our, some of the best episodes we've ever had and, and from our listeners have told us, I guess they haven't yeah. heard of and it's just ended up being a very fun chat so yeah. you know they're not well, um, hope, they're not yeah. glory hunters our listeners they're just ah. they're good people who like to hear <laughs> well you'll love this one then everyone <laughs> um so there we go so, yeah thanks for joining us it's been really fun man thanks for coming and, oh, thanks um, for having me. Fun, well hopefully we'll uh, we'll gig together in the not too distant future yeah, when things yeah. are back to normal um excellent
That's it. Make sure the lighting's right on the stage. Right. <laughs> I'll make sure. I'll turn them off just when I come off stage. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you on the guy in the green flares the in the stage, front like, row. You're just going to grab hold of my foot and escort me onto the yeah. stage. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Speak Thanks, to you next everyone. time. Bye. Bye. Oh, I'm not going to die of AIDS in an alleyway. <laughs>